March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, the NFL draft is going to Cleveland, but how much fun times will actually be allowed? There's rampant idiocy going on in South Beach, so we might as well gawk. John Ziegler joins me to talk about how sports has not just blown it. When it comes to COVID, it's even worse. All that plus donuts for a jab. All that and more. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. Thank you for downloading. The NFL draft is set for Cleveland. Details still a bit fuzzy. Supposedly limited in-person attendees, both players, teams, and team figures, coaches, GMs, etc. Options to set up war rooms at any facility that you like. Clubs will designate a number of draft ambassadors, they're saying. Fans who get front row seats. Ooh, I must be in the front row. However, they must be vaccinated and and wear masks. Some of Cleveland's iconic downtown locations, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, First Energy Stadium, and the Great Lakes Science Center, will be incorporated into the three-day festivities. Most of the events are outdoors. Does that sound like fun times in Cleveland today? Probably not. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Gonna have the draft in Cleveland Town. Under construction since 1868. Make sure you've had your vaccination. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. You gotta wear a mask in the front row. This guy has at least two DUIs. The flats look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. And the NFL draft. The price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is art. It could be worse, though. At least we're not Detroit. Detroit. We're, we're not, not Detroit. Detroit. Uh, the NFL will also build upon the 2020 Draft-a-thon using the 2021 draft as a platform to provide relief to communities most affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The NFL will also use this year's draft to promote the COVID-19 vaccine. The NFL notified its 32 teams earlier this month they can return to their draft rooms for the NFL draft. That's terrible news for Bill Belichick's Akita. 
who, by the way, had a great draft last year. In fact, I think he should be hired by any team looking to up their personnel department. Of course, this is all bullshit. The NFL should have said, you know what? We're back to business as usual. We think if fans want to come to our draft day party outside, come on. If you're not immune from prior infection, if you're not vaccinated, if you're old, if you're weak, if you're frail, if you're scared, stay home. Watch on TV. We'll love to have you there. Furthermore, we, the NFL, are not going to go to any city that is going to restrict us in any way. We are not going to wrangle with, bend the knee, or plead with any local health tyrants. We're going to go to whatever city will take us and let us do our thing and tell people, hey, come at your own risk. And guess what? If the only city that's willing to do it is Deadwood, South Dakota, we don't fucking care. We'll go there. We're not getting into it with, oh, you got to be this, you got to be that, you got to go here, you got to do that. We're taking our show and all of our money where we're going to have the most freedom as possible one year and several months fucking later to do what we do. Now, any takers? Of course, they're not going to do that. And I'll explore further about how sports has dropped the ball and struck out at the plate and missed the cut, shot an air ball, let the puck through, go, th- throw, go through their legs on COVID and opening up again with John Ziegler in just a couple of minutes. In other news, in other news, Iowa got bounced by Oregon on Monday. The Conference of Champions rolls on. Bill Walton has got to be thrilled right now with the Pac-12, huh? I hate flopping. Please, come to play ball. Don't come to abuse the rules of human people. So did you read Kareem's Time Magazine piece on Kanye and Beyonce? No. It was excellent. Check that out. You know what Google is, right? Yeah. Big Ten is going to get slaughtered at this point because of all the high-profile bounce-outs. And this podcast was recorded before Michigan did their dance on Monday. So if they go down, oh my God, it's a complete wipeout. But here's the thing. I don't, and the Big Ten has certainly underperformed no matter what Michigan does at this point. You can't have Iowa and Ohio State getting bounced in the first weekend and say it's been a good trip. I don't get into the whole conference reputation wars, and I certainly don't like to and wouldn't root for others in my particular conference just because, hey, they're repping the Big Ten. These are the assholes who live on your street that you hate. I don't know why anyone would be mildly satisfied or happy if they're a Michigan fan if Ohio State were to win, or if you're a Wisconsin fan and you rooted for Minnesota, or vice versa, or anything else down the line. I don't get it, but I know that this, the conference wars, the reputation wars, it's what fuels Reddit. So you know there's going to be a lot of chirping about that. Dateline, people are idiots. Got three stories for you right here. Story number one. Headline, video shows man breach elephant enclosure at San Diego Zoo with two-year-old daughter in order to take photo. Oh. Wow. What on earth? The father has been arrested on suspicion of child endangerment. Suspicion of child endangerment? Are you fucking kidding me? He climbed one fence 
went through another large fence with wires on it and nearly got trampled to death by an angry elephant. Listen to that sound, my God. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so there's one. Number two, headline, man dies after jumping from Panama City Beach Hotel with parachute. That's right. One man is dead after jumping from the 14th floor of the Sunrise Beach Resort with a parachute on Front Beach Road. Authorities say the man was base jumping and also said the parachute did not open in time. And then there's this. Uh, the, The fights going on in South Beach are nuts. The, the, the song, Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting. Here's a brawl caught on video of at least four different sets of women. Women. Full-on street brawling. Rolling around in the middle of the road, blocking traffic. Their, their nice, pretty spring break clothes being ripped off of their bodies as dudes gather around, laugh, and take selfies with the brawls in the background. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. So there's that. And then you have Pat Forty. Pat Forty, who I'll talk about with uh, John Ziegler in a minute, tweeted out that, and let me get his actual tweet here just so I'm I'm accurate with it. Uh, By the way, I had a bunch of tabs open, uh, and I bookmarked them in Chrome. And I thought, I'll be able to go reopen all the tabs when I come back to the computer with a click of a button. I was wrong, apparently, or I couldn't figure it out. Now, if somebody wants to advise me on using a different browser, like Safari or something else, do let me know. But still, I'm like, how come this is not opening the way that I thought it absolutely should have opened? So Pat Forty tweeted the following uh, after the games last night. Quote, not saying this is a causal relationship, but the three coaches who seemed the least interested in wearing their masks this season were Brad Underwood, Bob Huggins, and Chris Beard. Gone, gone, gone. So I know you're saying it's not a causal relationship, but, well, what are you saying exactly? Believe me, I punched in just to see the comments from people because they are priceless. Clay Travis says, and I agree, COVID has turned many sports writers insane. Then there was this. uh, uh, Let's see. uh, This one from Carl Grunwald. I'm a teacher at a high school wood shop. I keep my mask on correctly at all times and still effectively communicate with my students in a loud wood shop. I can do that. If I can do that, so can the coaches in a near-empty basketball arena. Good old Carl Grunwald 
shop teacher is joining in on the tisk tisking. Most people said, what, what is what is wrong with you? Like, what is that tweet? Aaron Torres, our friend at Fox Sports, covers the game of bas- college basketball and college football better than anybody. He says, imagine watching four great days of hoops, seeing players, coaches, trainers, managers, and everyone sacrifice all year long to get in a season and to get to the tournament, and this is your takeaway? This? Yeah, it's... Unbelievable, but there it is. You are out of your damn little pea-sized mind. What is wrong with you? Do you have any sense at all? Every day you do something stupider than you did the day before. And I think there's no possible way he can top that. But what do you do? You find a way, damn it, to top it. You are a professional (laughs) idiot. Hey, stop it! (laughs) Hey, stop it! And then there's this... Some are saying there could be a Deshaun Watson double standard in the media in terms of how his case is being covered. Five more lawsuits filed today from the same attorney, old Busby. That's now a dirty dozen. Is Deshaun Watson getting a little bit lighter treatment because he's black and not white? I don't know. And I hesitate to even traffic in these kinds of arguments. I think this story is a bigger deal than that than what the usual media suspects are making of it, but we're in a crowded space right now. We've got NFL free agency. Of course, we've got the tournament going on, so I don't know how much time they would normally devote to this. If this was in the dead period of summer, I think it'd be a different story. So I don't know about it. It's a hypothetical of would a white quarterback who similarly got in trouble like this be treated the same way? I know this much. Suffice to say that starting quarterbacks in this league, especially ones who have been given lucrative, massive, uh, seven, is it seven figure, what's a hundred million dollars, nine figure, nine figure plus second year, second contracts in the NFL. They don't get in this kind of trouble. Starting quarterbacks, black, white, you name it. This is maybe the potentially the biggest quarterback related, uh, sexual assault story we've ever had, if any of these allegations are at all remotely true. And I think my sense is it's a lot of bullshit with maybe a couple of women who felt like they were treated poorly because it seems like what Deshaun Watson's thing was, find an Instagram model who's hot, ask for a massage, and then just see where it goes. And it worked, I'm sure, nine out of ten times, but you know, one out of every every ten, they're like, no, I, I mean, I'm good looking and I've got an Instagram account and I am a masseuse, but no, I, this is not what I want. The bottom line is there hadn't been a quarterback who live in a different orbit in the NFL or held to different standards who has gotten in this kind of trouble. The only guy who comes close is Big Ben. Now, Big Ben had the one big incident with the woman in Georgia. A couple other incidents that came out after the fact. But other than that, he's the only one. This is 10 lawsuits, or actually 12 lawsuits, possibly more. And if it's, you think, financial piling on, which it may be, it's a lot of women that are willing to risk being ostracized, uh, you know, put their name out there. You know, it's, it's far from a sure money grab to go this route and to put your name on even a civil lawsuit. So there's a lot of smoke here. The smoke is billowing. Is there any fire? I guess we're going to find out. Johnny Manziel would be another quarterback who got in trouble, but he was a scrub. And then, of course, Peyton Manning once mooned uh, a trainer jokingly or pulled his pants down jokingly uh, back in college, and that got retroactively investigated 
uh, by the media with incredible zeal and abandon. But, oh well. We'll see. Dirty Dozen, possibly more to come. Buckle up. It's getting ugly down in Houston. Time now for the my bookie Gut Hunch, Gut Punch pick of the day. True story. And I know some of you have already picked up on it. Oh, Zabe, you uh, picked uh, Oral Roberts to win and to, to win outright and to cover the eight and a half against Florida. That's convenient. That game was last night before the podcast was posted. Interesting. I swear to God, I read the game schedule wrong. I could have sworn it was today. I fired in that pick and then got done with the podcast. Uh, and then I went and I checked out the TV. Actually, I, I got the pick in before the game started. So I actually got the pick in at my bookie. It wasn't significant. Like I said, it was 20 bucks on the on the spread, 10 bucks on the game total. I got it in uh, as I was recording yesterday afternoon. And then the game happened at night. And you saw what went down, and I go, oh, shit. My listeners are going to go, you fucking fraud with that. So I'm doing it again, all right? And you're just going to have to trust me on this. It's 4.57 in the afternoon, and the Abilene Christian UCLA game is about to tip off at 5.15 Eastern time. Abilene Christian is plus five and a half. Of course I'm going to take Abilene Christian plus the points. No disrespect, UCLA, but... Cinderella's stay Cinderella in this year's tournament. So it's my uh, my bookie gut hunch, gut punch of the day. See how fa- gambling is fun when you're just got a little bit of money at stake, something to spice it up. You win both money line and uh, with the spread on a team like Oral Roberts. Why use my bookie with all these other options out there? It's because they've been around a long time, and so they know how to do this. And they take care of their existing players with a host of free bets, contests, and bonus offers. Use my bonus code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Open an account today and just dabble in it if you want. Go heavy if you want. Bottom line is you bet, you win, you get paid. The official book of the ZABEcast as the gut hunch, gut punch of the day is now a glorious 4-in-1 documented as long as you agree to accept the fact that I swear to God, I did not fire in that uh, Oral Roberts bet after the game had already started, nor gone final. I promise you, I wouldn't do that to you. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joining us now, Mediaite senior columnist, talk show host, two-time Talkers Magazine Top 100, 
filmmaker, Emmy winner, and Georgetown Hoya, John Ziegler. Johnny, last time we talked, I believe, you were talking to me about the great Penn State scandal and about how you have said all along that Sandusky was innocent. How you doing, my friend? Hell of an introduction. I know it is, <laughs> but th- am I wrong? That that's the last time you and I chatted, I believe. Well, to be clear, yes, that was the last time you and I chatted. To be clear, my thinking on Sandusky's innocence evolved over many years. I've studied the case and investigated it more thoroughly than anybody else for almost the last ten years. We're coming up on the tenth anniversary of that story, right. and I'm actually coming out with a. Absolutely massive, unprecedented uh, documentary podcast uh, that's going to be about 20 episodes long involving a a television uh, female co-host here in Los Angeles that breaks the lid off of the entire story, which will be absolutely mind-blowing for anyone who cares about the truth. If there's anybody still out in the country that still (laughs) believes in cares in the truth. I'm not sure that there is, but but I, I know that we've done an amazing job on the podcast. I also know that it'll probably go absolutely nowhere because the, the news media has no interest in that narrative. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm always open to keeping an open mind because that is definitely what we're fighting right now with COVID and with sports. And the piece that you wrote today, absolutely. I, I wore out my finger hitting the ding, ding, ding button. The headline at mediaite.com is sports and its media should be leading the way back to normalcy. Instead, they are blocking the path. You lay out quite convincingly just what a disappointment sports has been in this struggle to get back to real normal. And I couldn't agree more with what you have said. I've been bitterly disappointed as somebody who's ma- who makes his living thankfully in sports at the way many actors in our industry have behaved. What is your overall feeling as to why sports has come up short? Wow. Um, there's a lot to that. A very important question. Um, let, let's first of all, set a couple of, of very important uh, prerequisites for this conversation, which is the, the pandemic is, is coming under control. It's fading fast. And we know from a year's worth of data that obviously anybody who's looked at this at all knows that the least vulnerable demographic are young, very healthy people, right? Right. Now, sports is dominated, obviously, by young, healthy people. And we have almost a year now of data from people playing sports at virtually every level, and there has been almost no problem. I mean, to an absurd degree, we have, you know, we have people – crying wolf like Christine Brennan saying that uh, the Big Ten decided to play college football was the darkest day in the history of the conference. No, no one even got sick. No one even got sick. Uh, and in basketball, you know, there hasn't been one serious illness that, uh, and forget about a hospitalization or death that I'm aware of. So in a rational world, sports should be leading the way back to normalcy. The opposite has happened, and here's the, my answer to your question. I believe that because sports journalism is dead, that they have created a perfect storm situation here. Almost everybody who's influential in the sports media is a liberal, so therefore they automatically buy into this narrative that was created during the end of the Trump presidency. That's number one. That's the prism through which they see this. And then they know which way the wind is blowing 
with regard to political correctness and cancel culture. And there's one thing, I think you probably know this as well as I do, there's one thing every single sportscaster, especially white males, knows more than anything else. Never lose the gig. Because these gigs are incredibly difficult to replace. Uh, They're, in many cases, very cushy. They're dream jobs. And this is a topic over which you can lose the gig. If you step outside the herd, you will get run over. Mm-hmm. So no one no one has – do you agree with me on that? Yes. Oh, 100%. I'm taking a risk right now by having you on my podcast, but I do so willingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad you're so brave. Uh, it's very brave of you. Um, but, but I understand where you're coming from. I get it. And by the way, there's sim- similarities. Partially why I know about all this is the same thing happened on the Penn State paternal Sandusky case. Because nobody wanted to step out of out of side of the herd on that either, and there right. are some similarities as regard to the nature of the of the the narrative. When it becomes a third rail, no one dares touch it. It's not worth it. And what's really bizarre, and I, I referenced this in the column to me, is that it's not even in the self interest of the sports media, whether they realize it or not. Most of these people, as you know, are very dumb. They're, they're not smart people. No. I've, I've dealt with them for many years. Sports media people in general are the dumbest of the dumb when it comes to, to even journalists or whatever's left of journalism, sports media people, infotainment people, whatever you want to call them. And they're so dumb in this situation, they don't realize that they're creating their own graves. They're digging their own graves because, one, they've just now allowed for a year – the rules to be created that are going to end their jobs as they know it, especially those who actually cover games in person. Most people don't even realize many of the play-by-play and color commentary announcers aren't even at the games. Yeah. And forget about reporters. So, so do you really think that when, even when this thing ever ends, that these cheap uh, media companies are suddenly going to start paying for their reporters and broadcasters to go to games again? Right. They're going to look at it as a cost because they got away with it for over a year without doing that. Not to mention, do you think athletes are going to suddenly, like in baseball, it used to be, you know, you, you were a reporter in a baseball game before a game, you in the dugout, you know, free-flowing interviews. You know, that was just the way it was. Right. You think athletes are going to go back to allowing sports reporters <laughs> to have unfettered access to them? After this, no way. And then the most obvious problem this is creating is I believe that the ratings decline in in sports across the board. It's for a lot of reasons. Part of it's the wokeness, but I believe the lack of crowds, the masking, the asinine masking rules, they don't even make any damn sense. The lack of atmosphere, the lack of cheerleaders at college football games and bands at college football games, that that to me took away an enormous amount. Right. From the experience of watching a sporting event, it's not just about what happens on the field, and and that to me, I, I believe the NCAA basketball tournament is going to have terrible ratings as well because there's no atmosphere. It's not March Madness when when you're playing in front of uh, you know uh, a grade school crowd. Yeah. So. So, so there's all sorts of things and that yet, are against their own self-interest, but yeah. they're afraid to go outside the herd. And yet some people like Pat Forty, and I had his tweet earlier, I read it just oh. before you came on, say the most asinine things that are so much on what I call, John, hashtag team virus. I've said for oh, yeah. a long time there's a hashtag team reality 
which says, yeah, this is bad, but it's going to do what it's going to do, and we really can't stop it. That's team reality. Team virus, actually, like this is the first pandemic, somebody said, that's got an active cheering section, and many of them are sports writers. It it flummoxes me what would motivate a Pat Forty to send a tweet pointing out three coaches he thinks aren't sufficiently loyal to the cult of masks and then take pseudo glee and they're being knocked out of the tournament. I am so glad you mentioned that. Uh, I happen to know Pat a little bit because I, I, used to be I did too. And I, and I liked okay. him and I thought highly of him. And now I'm blown away, John. I'm like, wow, really? Well, I, I knew him probably from a slightly different perspective because I was a television and radio host uh, political-oriented uh, host in Louisville, Kentucky, where he was before he went national. Right. And it was clear to me he was a liberal. Uh, uh, very, I mean, and as are most sports most, reporters, yes. for some reason, and, and all sports columnists are very liberal. And and so, but that tweet, which I, I also tweeted and commented on, was was beyond lunacy. Yes. Uh, I mean, but 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 it but it goes to what the what you said there about religion. His implication was that somehow God was punishing the anti-mask coaches in the NCAA by knocking them out of the tournament. That's completely consistent with this whole notion that it's a cult. It's a religion. These people didn't properly pray to the masking gods, and therefore (laughs) they got punished. I mean, that's the way they think. I thought it was an absolutely... Very uh, interesting tweet because it exposed the way these people really think. And then you're right. It's absolutely a cult and it's absolutely a religion. And what's crazy is that Pat's got a daughter who's a very accomplished swimmer at Stanford. And those are the kind of sports that are going to go one by one by one because of the loss in revenue because of the reluctance to bring fans back. Now, I'm not wishing any ill on that, but it's crazy to be so against one's interest in so many ways. The other thing that uh, I, you pointed out, and I agree, and you're a, you're a golfer and a golf fan, is I was bitterly let down by the Masters and Augusta. I thought Ugh. they were our firewall, John, to say, okay, we're going to, of course, have 10,000 fans in October, and we're going to say, here's the rules, and they didn't. And now they've canceled the Par 3 contest going forward, and who knows yeah. what pitiful little number they're going to have this spring. What happened to the Green Jackets, the once most powerful cabal that gave no fucks what other people thought of them? Thank you for bringing this up. because And it's so funny that you know we, we thought so similarly on the firewall issue. Because as I mentioned in this column, in a, even I think 10 years ago, uh, had this thing gone down the way that it did, Augusta National would have said, um, okay, uh, this is interesting. Um, uh, but guess what? Uh, go fuck yourselves. Uh, we're going to do what we do. Uh, we're Augusta national. You want to come to our tournament? Great. We're, we're going to guess that people are going to show up. Um, and, uh, you're going to tell us to wear masks. Uh, go fuck yourself on that too. And, uh, you know, we, you want to criticize us? Great. Uh, but we're going to give people the freedom of choice to do what they want to do. It's clear that golf is a safe endeavor in this and we're outside and there's no evidence of outside uh, sp- uh, viral spread. There's none. And we're going to do that. Um, and, and unfortunately, they panicked. Uh, they moved to the fall. And what really pisses me off is the whole reason why, at least the stated reason, why they moved and it didn't just cancel. It's because, well, 
if you know anything about Augusta, Georgia, which I know you do, the local economy is incredibly dependent on right. the masters. Oh, yeah. And, and so, so the thinking was, okay, we can't not have this because the city of Augusta will suffer too much. But by not having any fans, you, you've destroyed any any economic benefit to this whole thing. And it looks like they're going to do the same thing uh, in, in uh, this particular yeah. tournament in a couple of weeks. They're not going to have full fans. I couldn't believe they canceled the par three tournament. I even I was so hopeful, <laughs> even the way my brain works, when they announced that Lee Elder was going to be one of the ceremonial starters. Right. I I gave them I gave them credit. I thought, okay. Is this possibly part of their plan where they're trying to build their own firewall, their own force field of political correctness? Hey, you can't criticize us right. because we're honoring a black Honoring man. Lee Elder uh, trumps but, COVID fear porn. Right, so therefore, right. we're going to have the normal, wonderful Thursday morning ceremony on the first tee as the sun is coming up. But no, right. apparently. Otherwise, if we did yeah. exactly, if yeah. we didn't do that, we would be dishonoring Lee Elder. And you know, here's our force field protection. It appears as if that's not what that was about. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a bizarre decision if that was not what it was about because the guy's 89 years old and in bad health, and we were supposedly <laughs> going through the worst winter in history. I mean, there was a darn good chance he was going to get COVID and die, according to the media. So why would you wait till April to honor him? That didn't make any goddamn yeah. sense to me. But oh, but. But the Masters um, has become incredibly PC. Uh, Billy Payne is no longer the chairman there. Fred Ridley, uh, who is a much younger guy, who is uh, very clearly uh, politically correct. And I think the bottom line answer to this, and it's always the answer in these situations, it's money. The Masters got too big too successful. There's too much to lose. That's the same thing that I said with regard to people not wanting to lose their gigs in sports. It's too cushy a job. You can't lose it. If the job wasn't so cushy and great, that's why, by the way, golf quote unquote journalism is the worst in the world because it's the cushiest gig and it's the most incestuous relationship with the people you're covering. No no one is ever going to create any controversy in golf. And the other thing golf, and I allude to this in my column, golf has it going against it, which people don't understand. The world is totally upside down because it's perceived as a white male conservative sport. It actually gives them less freedom to do what is actually rational, because if they do it, they'll be easily yeah. perceived and portrayed as Neanderthal Trump supporters who uh, you know, don't care about COVID. I've always said that this pandemic is never going to end from a societal standpoint unless and until it is black entertainers and or sports figures who decide that it is over because they have force field protection. They can do whatever they want. And, and the Democratic Party especially will go, oh, whoa, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, can you imagine if in a, a rational world, back, black basketball players had a, had a fit over uh, what happened to VCU, which they should have? I mean, it was outrageous what right. happened to VCU. Right. If, they, if, if, they, if there was protest on behalf of VCU and all of a sudden black basketball players, let's say LeBron James was retweeting, uh, you know, VCU players complain, you know, uh, uh, objecting to the way they were treated. Oh my gosh. It would completely fundamentally change the media environment, the political environment, everything, because they'd be deathly afraid. And even the democratic party would be deathly afraid of this being a generational 
potentially sea change right. issue uh, uh, that could fundamentally alter the political landscape going forward. So that's what you need to watch. Yeah. It's it's not it's not going to be the white sport like golf. It has to be black people that are going to do this for it to have any real impact. The the thing that also kills me, and I know you know this, is that there have been no traced incidents of actual sporting events leading to any outbreaks of any kind, either outdoor stadiums or golf tournaments or you name it. And this is not, a lot of people don't understand this. When the Chiefs first said, we're going to have 20% for opening night way back in September, a lot of people gasped. Nothing came of it. And all the subsequent limited attendance crowds, and yet these authorities don't want to inch that up to 30 or 40 or 50. They're still afraid, and now they're freaking out over the Rangers. I mean, the ball game is the Rangers on opening day at 100%. Am I right? I believe that what happens to the Texas Rangers is going to determine the future of the country. I mean, that sounds like I <laughs> sounds I dramatic. That, you know, it sounds like hyperbole, but I, I really do believe that, um, that what's going to happen to the Rangers is that there will be pressure. I don't know if you know, if you agree with me and this is how I ended the column. I believe that there will be pressure ironically, bizarrely in an upside down world on the Rangers to be shut down by major league baseball, because these other owners are not going to have the balls to do what they do. They're going to be jealous of their gate receipts. They're going to be feeling as if the Rangers are making them look like cowards, and that's going to need to be shut down. And wow. if that happens, I, that's just my opinion. So if I it succeeds, it's, it's a dark day. It's the bucket of crabs theory that the other owners will claw the Rangers back down to their level. I agree. That's a great analogy. That's my theory. I hope I'm wrong about that. But let's. I want to also address something else you said about outdoor events. It's not just sports. There is no evidence of an outdoor transmission super spreader right. event anywhere in the world. Period. <laughs> well, not only period. that. Do do like, and this is what kills me about sports writers. They are normally they're ones that pour over the numbers, including the baseball right. writers. You know, they're all right. into the metrics right. and stuff. I would be willing to take on any major sports writer, especially baseball writer on the numbers and metrics of COVID in a head-to-head quiz because I don't think they know the numbers. Like, how many sports writers, John, know that the indoor secondary attack rate of COVID, indoor, in a family setting, for symptomatic people, meaning you're sick and you know it, is only 17%. And the asymptomatic secondary attack rate indoors in a family setting is less than 1%. That number is not known by the average sports writer that wrings his hands and says, it's too dangerous. Uh, that's a great – those are great stats, by the way. Uh, they go, they dovetail with my basic theory on this for what it's worth. I actually believe that COVID is a lot less – contagious than we have been led to believe it actually might be slightly more deadly than some uh, even on team reality want to believe not by a lot but by small margins but the idea that it is so super contagious has dictated all of these restrictions and i don't think there's justification for it but one last thing on the on the sports attendance to me what what exposed the absurdity and the political nature of these insane restrictions on sports attendance, even on outdoor events, is when the NFL playoffs started and all of a sudden 
the attendance capacities yeah. increased. Suddenly. So wait a minute. So you're so you're telling me? <laughs> and by the way, this was in the middle of the worst part of the pandemic that right. we've ever had. So 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 you're telling me somehow COVID knows it's the playoffs and that that, that makes it somehow okay to have more fans than you had during the regular season. How the hell does that make any goddamn sense? It doesn't. It's a political decision. It's not based in science. It doesn't make any common sense or otherwise. And it exposes the absurdity of the whole thing. But I believe I'm a big believer in the most dangerous thing that happens in this day and age, especially where everything has to happen instantly. And we're on Twitter and everyone has a hot take is when people get invested immediately in a false narrative because no one, especially not quote unquote experts ever want to admit they were wrong. And this is the most absurd, obvious, dramatic example of that phenomenon that I have ever seen because almost everything that this has been based on has turned out to be either totally or at least partially false and no one wants to admit it. But we're still going to have to live with this. And I believe, I believe currently, that based upon what's happening in the sports world, that we are far, 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 far away from any sense of societal normalcy, which is ironic because I think we're a month away from the pandemic being over. Wow. I mean, so, so, so the the the, the, the effective pandemic, of but the sports pandemic, and I think the concert pandemic, and the hospitality industry pandemic is going to go on for quite some time because so many people are mind fucked and they're in such fear over this. I mean, you and I, everyone sees people driving in their cars with masks on. And if you're like me, you say to yourself, my God, what what has gotten into their brains? Nothing you can do. I think the news media, I don't know what the percentage is. My guess is it's at least 25%. It could be as high as 40%. The media has fucked the (laughs) brains of that percentage of people in America to where they are not capable of rational thought anymore and uh, i don't know how you get those people back and 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 this really the rubber really meets the road here in schools you can't have school when 25 to 40 percent or more don't want to participate and have an option to do zoom you can't do it the whole system breaks down and so we've given these lunatics the option to now control what I still would like to believe is the majority of people. I do believe we're still in the majority, depending on how you define it. I, I define it. I believe that the majority of Americans want to get back to normal, are capable of doing that, but we are going to be beholden to this minority, whatever that percentage is, and a large part of what gives that minority, if not the primary source of their power, is the media and the sports media is doing their darndest to make sure those people are enabled and they're doing so against their own self-interest and they're too stupid to even understand that. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I think the uh, the one thing that proves that most people are ready to get back to normal is that Krispy Kreme is now apparently going to bribe people who get vaccinated with a free donut per day for an entire year, which is a story that only The Onion could have made up 12 months ago, but here we are. It's real. I when I saw that, I thought, am I being duped here? Is am I getting uh, conned by a, a fake that, news? Story? That's what I thought. I checked it three times myself, and it's real. It's it's and, real, it just, and it's spectacular. It, 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 if a real pandemic, God forbid, John ever hits us, you ain't gonna need to bribe of a fucking donut every day to get a vaccine that'll protect you from whatever the next thing is—lizard flu and, or you name it. 
Amen. And just to be clear, although I think your your listeners probably already understand this, and, and and when I tweeted this, I got a lot of blowback, which shocked me because I thought it was that obvious. If you were to get a donut a day for 365 days, the impact on your health would be far, far greater, especially <laughs> if you're good. under the age of 60. Yeah. Far greater, especially if you're under the age of 60, than if you got COVID without a vaccine. That, and that is a fact. That is a statistical fact. And not to mention that it, you know, it brings in the whole obesity issue, which has been the, the number one uh, factor in determining how well you do with COVID. And the, the one thing that we've never had the guts as a society to even have a conversation about, because then you're making fat people feel badly about themselves. And you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that's the, that is so symbolic of the effed up world we're currently living in. All right. At Zygmunt Freud on Twitter, Zygman Freud, F-R-E-U-D. Uh, find him at freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, always good to talk to you, John. Keep up the fight. Let's do it again soon. In case you didn't believe me on the Krispy Kreme story, here it is. USAToday.com. Headline, COVID-19 vaccine motivation. Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts for showing vaccination card. First of all, before I even read the first paragraph, I'm going to tell you right now, this 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 free donut thing is going to get shut down pretty quickly because people are going to have fake vaccination cards just to get the free donuts. You know that, right? Starting Monday, consumers who show a valid COVID-19 vaccination card at locations nationwide will get a free original glazed donut says the Winston-Salem-based North Carolina chain. The freebie is valid at all 369 Krispy Kreme shops located in 41 states and available anytime, any day, every day, for the rest of the year. No purchase is necessary. Hello, I'll have my free donut. Of course, it's probably a hell of a good promotion for Krispy Kreme in that, you know, People that go for the one free donut aren't going to stop at just one. I know I couldn't, and I fucking love Krispy Kreme donuts. You kidding me? They're also offering up to four hours of paid time off for each COVID-19 vaccination for its employees. Four hours of paid time off. They're not alone. Businesses, including retailers such as Best Buy, Target, and Trader Joe's, have been providing paid time off to employees who get the vaccine. I don't know if what... Ziegler says, I don't know if a donut a day is truly more dangerous to your health than the COVID virus or COVID-19, but it's certainly really bad. That's for sure. Depending on the state of metabolic health you're in, it's certainly bad, but it's just crazy. A real pandemic in which people are genuinely afraid for their health, they're not needing these kind of bonuses, these kind of perks to go get vaccinated. You would... Feel it, know it, and it would be genuine. There's a lot of people super still scared about this thing. And maybe given their conditions or who they know in their family that's been affected or died by it, it's warranted to a certain extent. But the numbers are the numbers. The mortality based on age, it's in black and white. We are tracking that. The only true thing is deaths. And we know what they are. And even though they're counted very aggressively, even the widely and aggressively counted deaths due to COVID, it is a simple age stratification, which is the closer to 80 you get, which is the median age, the more that the number rises. But it still doesn't rise that much until you're at least over 60. 
in the 50 to 60 range where I'm at, you're, you're at like 0.02%. And who knows how fucked up metabolically that 0.02% in your age category were when they went down due to COVID, what other, COVID, what other conditions they had. But hey, you get a free donut now at Krispy Kreme. Enjoy. As Yakov Smirnoff once said, what a country. When first I become citizen, I studied American culture very closely. Hey, score touchdown for me, big guy. Now I'm expert on all things American, except gasoline. But I don't need to know about gasoline. My car knows. What a country. <laughs> Amico Ultimate, rated the best gasoline you can buy. In Russia, cars also know, but they can't say. <laughs> What a country. My dad always said that to me. (laughs) What a country. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Spread the word if you like this podcast far and wide. Help grow ZabeCast Nation. Rate and review so it tickles our algorithmic overlords. And we appreciate you listening. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. And we will see you next time. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.